0: the
1: under center podcast hello and welcome to this special saturday edition of the under center podcast i'm your host darren mar and i have a full house here tonight because i'm delighted to first of all welcome back jake uh he was here with me earlier on in the week jake great to have you back on and fionn welcome to the first your first show of 2022 how are you I'm great. I finally made it back from my little hiatus, my summer
0: holidays or my winter holidays, I should say Christmas holidays. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into it. It's, it's going to be fun. We obviously started the show roughly this time last year, didn't we? So uh, yeah. we're rolling into our second year. So it's going to be fun. We, we've grown way more than I thought we ever would. So I'm really excited to see how we do in 2022. Also, having to start remembering now these first couple of weeks are when it's so hard to write dates on anything you got to take like 10 minutes <laughs> to double check the date on every check that you write there right. i know you love writing big huge checks so uh, just double check you put 2022 on them
1: yeah i'll try my best to now i i i i'm more confused by the fact that like if i'm writing the day or the month first it depends on who i'm writing checks to these days because you know you know how our american friends like to do things a little back this is true (laughs) this is true I don't know. But it is all, of course, it is all in love to all of our American friends who who are listening to the show today and take all of our um, big checks because we obviously send a lot of them out because look at this production value. I'm in a gym right now talking on a show. So you can see that all the big books have come in from our rookie season of being an NFL podcast. Let's just see what happens in our sophomore year, lads. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Jake, how are you, man? I know uh, Thursday was a good, uh, good first show to have back. It was great to talk to Sam and Phil, and you know, looking ahead to uh, the games actually starting tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm very, very excited for the wildcard weekend upcoming. Today, though, I am very tired because I woke up literally five minutes ago and I said, oh, bollocks, I have a podcast to do. The I'm still wearing pajama bottoms, so I won't show you those, but I did That's manage to put a t-shirt on, which I think is a, a win in my eyes. That's the magic of internet recording. You don't need to yeah. put office
0: yeah. trousers on. <laughs>
1: that's the magic of working from home. <laughs> that's it. That's the that's one thing we've learned in the last two years of working from home. You know, business on top, party at the bottom. <laughs> you know, I couldn't agree anymore There. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the reason why we're doing this special uh, Saturday edition of the show is because we're actually going to look back. Um, we're going to look back at the start of the season. Uh, if you are a long time listener, you may remember we did a two. Yeah, show series where we gave our predictions for the AFC and the NFC so we're going to look back at those predictions and see where we went right but more importantly where we went disastrously (laughs) wrong which happened a lot I'm going to pre-warn you we were very sorry excuse me we're very wrong in a lot of places lads so get ready to uh, eat some crone out today because uh (laughs) you know we uh we're gonna be shown for the shams that we are now when it well, yeah. comes to predicting things. But no one gets it right, to be fair. It's it's yeah, it's you know, always so hard to predict at the start.
0: When we when we pitched this idea, it was like the kind of the title for the pitch idea was like an accountability show. And you know what? <laughs> I re- I really feel like more shows, especially the big pundit shows on broad on national broadcast Sovereign America, they should be held accountable because they get to make predictions, they get to change them nearly week in, week out. No one's ass going back trying to see what what they what Randy Moss was saying about the Vikings <laughs> 3 weeks ago so like i think it's i think they should be held accountable we we were doing really well we're all doing really strongly in our week to week predictors so uh yeah it'll be interesting to see just how far wide of the mark we were before anyone <laughs> even kicked the football to, to begin the season
2: so when I was on the opposite end of that. I was thinking, oh, it's great. I can say whatever bollocks I want to say. No one's gonna look back and look at it. And now I have to come back to all the faced lucky half of my predictions are gone missing. Otherwise we've a whole other forty minutes to discuss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we yeah, uh, we are we will get more in depth than that in, in a few minutes. But what I want to do first is because we actually haven't had the chance to speak to it yet about it in depth too much on the show. I know Jake we, we touched on it lightly with uh with Sam Farley because obviously he's a Jaguars fan and, and he looking the sort of has a, obviously a foot in the camp there when it comes to it but it's the head coach vacancies because as we saw this Monday just gone was of course the infamous Black Monday where a lot of NFL coaches end up losing their job and GMs too now as well am. Um, and then also there was a couple of, a couple of days after, like the, the Jets, of course, uh, firing Joe Judge and, and the Houston Texans there surprisingly um, letting go of David Culley there, I think it was on Thursday evening. Actually, I think it was. Um, so I'll just run through some of the, the, the teams, uh, all the teams, if you aren't aware. So you have the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Minnesota Vikings, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, New York Giants, Chicago Bears, Houston Texans so we have all of their teams there so eight teams are currently looking for new head coaches but before we go into who do we think can suit which team is uh, is there any and and I'm sure we'll all agree that there is definitely one team that stands out in this but was there any sort of team that you were looking at and you were thinking why did you get rid of this coach it it was a very surprising decision do you believe Uh, Fiona go with you first on this one
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take the obvious one right off the bat. It's got to be the Texans. Uh, Nobody expected anything of them. And a man we'd never heard of before, or at least I haven't. And I I don't (laughs) pretend to keep too up to date with the the coaching trees and stuff. But I'd never heard of him before. I was expecting an absolute shambles. And he managed to get at least probably three more wins than most people gave them in the preseason. So... Uh, I was impressed by that. I, I did see just recently they, they released an article. They were talking to the to the general manager of the Texans, and he said it wasn't so much his performance this year, more about the vision that he had for the team going forward. Uh, and that's something I think makes the seat in the Texans a little bit tricky because I think at the moment they're a little bit deluded about how quickly this is going to turn around. There's a There's a lot of stuff in that building that needs to get sorted out before that that franchise starts on an upward trajectory. And personally, I would have liked to have the guy in there, the guy that the all your bit bit pieces have a relationship with, and maybe you can keep some some good performers because most of that team is on one-year contracts. You might have been able to keep a few good performers around and, and keep the momentum rolling a little bit See if you can get an extra win or two next season. So uh, it's, it's a pity for him, and it's also a difficult seat to fill, I think, going forward.
2: Yeah, um with the Texans there, sorry there to cut across you. I was no, looking you're... as well, and, and the GM is Nick Casario, isn't he? And he was that yeah, yeah. Um, holdover from the Pats, who everybody says he's like a southern gentleman talking in the ear of uh of the ownership. And apparently he didn't get on with David Culley, and he wanted him gone as well. So when your GM doesn't actually like you, then you're kind of fucked anyway. So but I believe David Culley knew he was stepping in as a one year stopgap, mm.
1: um,
2: just get them through the year and and um He knew that. I mean, he got paid four million quid as a first time head coach to go out and and have a year. So uh, if anything, he's four million quid richer. And um, now he has a bit of a head coach resume with a success in the eyes of a lot of people. So if he goes for head coaching this year or next year, he's probably looking a lot stronger than he was before he took on the Texans job.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention that, Jake, as well, that you were saying about um, Nick Casario, was that um, I think one of the reports that I came across uh, in regards to his uh, David Culley's dismissal was, I think Nick, Nick Casario liked to be in the headset on game day, so um, and he wants to continue that, and my guess is David Culley did not want to continue that. That was maybe the difference that caused him to, to move on, um, which when you have a GM want to play, you know, head coach, head coach. and we call and plays. you know, this that's not a good sign, you know. If well, we take Texans. it to, yeah, if we take it to this side of the, of the pond and, and football, like let you, you probably know, like with Manchester United having a, a, a vice chairman and Ed Woodward, who was a banker, trying to play football manager, you know. So we've seen, we've seen that it doesn't end well with these guys that don't have the experience of thinking that they can do it and then just trying to, you know, insert their will and trying to make it happen.
2: Well, we've seen what happened last year, the year before, with the Texans and the very same thing, but on the opposite side. The head coach wanted to be the GM and now the Texans have a GM who wants to be a head coach. <laughs> yeah. It's just not a good, good era for the Texans.
1: Definitely. Definitely not. Um, what what do you guys make of the – and I know, Fiona, you mentioned the, the Texans as a surprise. The, obviously, the big surprise on Monday came when, when Brian Flores was was told that he's uh, no longer the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. You know, two really good uh, seasons with the Dolphins. Finished with a record of 24 and 25. You know, on the cusp of the playoffs, both years that he played, yes, this season started off rough. I think he started off 1-7. Then he went on a seven-game winning streak to go – um eight and seven and you know okay some difficult losses at the, towards the end of the year it must not be that Texan or not Texans game that Titans game finishes with a, another good win over the Patriots had a good record against the Patriots in his time as well you know it seems as though he's been a little unfairly uh treated in this scenario it, it seems as though there was a, a power struggle there between him and I think it was the GM was it Will Greer was it um, is the GM over there in the, in the Dolphins who's been there for 20 years? And um, Shane Ross, I believe, is, is, is it Shane Ross? Is the owner of uh, the Dolphins and decided to go with his 20 year man and stick with him instead of sticking with um, Flores. But Jake, I'll start with you on this one. What, what have you made of this whole situation going on in Miami?
2: Yeah, it's a shocking kind of uh, that was the most shocking head coach fire of the Black Monday um fiasco. I just it was shocking, but then the reports coming out that he was like he was butting heads with a lot of players and a lot of other coaches. Apparently he had a at the end of a or half time, I think, or at the end of a match, he had a, a shouting match with Tua. Um and mentioned that he wanted fucking better QB play. Um so when you hear reports like that, you can probably see why he was let go. A one and seven start is hard to start off the season. I know he went on the seven seven streak to finish, but um when you start off one in seven and you're having arguments with players, then you're probably your GM probably knows what's going on and wants to get rid of you. Where do they go from here? I haven't got a clue though. Yeah, I, I have a little bit of sympathy
0: for them. I'd be having arguments with players if your team goes one in seven. That is clearly not a one in seven team, right? Because they just won seven on the bounce. Then after that, so I I don't mind giving out a little bit because. You're the coach, right? So you put the game plan in place, but you don't play the matches. So clearly somebody somewhere was was not totally keyed into what their duties were. Uh, and I do have a lot of sympathy for them because it, especially in that seven-game run, the defense stepped back up to what they were the year prior. Tua, uh, who got injured, seriously injured last season, had a slow start and got better and better as the season went on. So their upwards trend continued all the way. Even the little stumble right at the end uh, as you mentioned, Dara, they still play pretty good football. And I think Miami fans would be happy. Uh, and I don't mind a, a little contentious coach if clearly if he was having arguments, it was working. It was firing the team up because you don't go on a run like that if you really are a bad football team. So uh, just that, looking, looking yep. at
2: the schedule here, the first seven games were like maybe a bit more difficult. They lost to the, the Bills 35 0, which was obviously shite. And then the Raiders, Colts, Bucks. They lost the Jags and the Falcons two weeks in a row. Uh, lost the Bull, uh, Bills again. Then they beat the Dolphins or beat the Texans. Beat the Ravens. Beat the Jags or Jets. Panthers. Giants. Jets again. Beat the Saints. Lost the Titans and beat the Patriots to finish off the season. So the second half season was kind of easy anyway. So maybe that's a little contributes a little to their seven game win streak. Yeah. Yeah. Those maybe. A bit. I mean.
0: I I have to say though, in, in the same way I mentioned that I, I wouldn't be jumping necessarily at the Houston Texans seat, head coaching seat. Uh I think the Miami one is one of the more attractive vacancies that out that's out there. Especially if you if you are a offensive minded coach and you can help to uh, uh grow a little bit more because that defense looks solid. I I as far as I know, they're not expected to lose a whole lot of players off that defense this this offseason. So uh, I think Miami's in a
1: good spot at the moment. Yeah, and it's interesting with with Flores, of course, he comes from the Belichick tree of coaching, and, and it's something that we're going to have a look at in a future show a little more in-depth. But I want to ask you this question, guys, with it, because there is a bit of talk now with the Belichick coaching tree that it hasn't performed to the levels um, that people would expect. You think this legendary coach, his disciples, should be doing well. But obviously, Mike Variable is sort of the exception to the rule he's doing quite well over in Tennessee but is is there is there anything in the argument that I look at it when it comes to successful teams and when I see players or even say position coaches going from really successful teams and being used to having really successful teams going to these other teams like in Miami and stuff like that and when the culture is not the same and when it's I hate saying losing culture, but you know, like these teams are losing teams. They don't make it to the playoffs. These are trying to. These are trying to become a Patriots. They're not a Patriot style. Do you think that these coaches have been too used to the success that they can't handle when things start to go wrong? So then it turns into like this Flores, uh, you know, shouting matches and 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 you know, uh, destroying relationships and becoming power gra- trouble grabs that. You know, they're so used to this level of success that when it comes to something going hard, uh, things going a little hard that they can't handle. For me, I think I would put the blame further
0: up. You hire a guy off the Bill Belichick tree, you're clearly going for this tough, no-nonsense, efficient business structure in terms of your, your franchise setup and your roster. And half the time, I think the GM and the ownership don't fully commit right they're not going to let Brian Farris just go to place and really mold it in the image of the New York of the New England Patriots which is what i think you're essentially trying to do anytime you hire off the Bill Belichick tree i think that's what he's most known for uh, that and his game planning so i have a little bit of sympathy because you're brought in to change the culture this losing culture but at the same time not with the same trust that you would get if you were Bill Belichick himself. I think if he walked into the Dolphins, he would have a carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. And I think that's where they get handcuffed a little bit. And if you're not fully committed to a structure like that, it's not going to work because you need everyone in the building to be on the same page when it's that kind of very strict, very tough uh, kind of mindset where you will have arguments because you are expected to do your job, Do your job very well and don't don't go above and beyond. We don't need you to do that. We've seen that in the Patriots, especially it's exemplified. But at the quarterback over the last probably 15, 20 years, it's just play the game. It's not necessarily game management, but play what the defense has given you and what your team is good at doing. And and that can be difficult to accept as a GM when you want these changes, one, to be instant, and two, without any drop-off, without any gutting, without any fan upset that you've got rid of x and y players because they didn't fit the mentality that you're trying to build in the building
2: yeah i agree with you there because we know that like well i know personally how a a bill belichick coaching tree subordinate comes off as and we know that just aren't successful generally i I don't know what that is there is a part of it that obviously when you watch one of the most successful franchises in all of nfl history with a, a head coach for the past 20 years who is essentially the GM as well. And it's it's been so successful for so long that when the, the coaches come off the tree, they also want that success. And the only way they see it is how they're they've witnessed it over the past number of years. So they want to come in and have a lot more control. And obviously they come in and they don't have that much head coaching experience. So then not only do they have, they want to have more say, in say drafting personnel, all this sort of stuff. They also have to coach the games, manage the players during the week. And they just don't have that experience, and it just fails
1: quite miserably. Yeah, totally. Um, and like I said, we'll have a look at that at a future show. and We'll actually probably go through um a few more head coaches and see like what the success rate is. I don't think it's great now when it comes to to Belichick and his disciples. But guys, I want to ask you, um, with these other head coaching jobs, what names are you looking out for? What names do you think is going to suit? these teams um uh fiona i'll start with you on this one um what do you think is there any is there any team that you see pop out to you and then a name and you're thinking that's like the perfect combination right there
0: mm, i don't really i've seen i've seen a lot online i think uh flores being linked to the bears uh, i don't think that would be a bad combination i think he can probably do a lot with that that bears i like how he did with the dolphins on a strong defensive team, which is what the Bears are at the moment, and build up a young quarterback with, I would argue, quite similar traits to Tua as he came in. Maybe not to the same success rate in college as Tua, but uh, Justin Fields certainly, uh, while he didn't necessarily shine this season, he didn't also prove himself to be a complete bust. So uh, that could be a good combination in my
2: eyes. Yeah, I've only really been keeping an eye on the Giants for the most part now because we have a GM search and a head coach search and the names I see linked quite a bit is uh, the Bills player personnel director for the GM spot, uh, something shown, I don't know his actual full name. And then head coach or the head coach opportunity would be Brian Dable. I think the offensive coordinator from the Bills. So I would be quite happy with that now, to be honest, because we know the Bills can build a successful team, and the head coach or the off they have a nice offensive scheme as well. So hopefully that can pay off. But we'll have to see how it goes. But the one the most shocking thing I've seen is again on the the Patriots coaching tree is that the Texans are looking who their front runner for head coach is Gerard Mayo the linebackers coach from the Patriots, which I just think is the maddest thing ever because, well, one, it's Nick Casario. So obviously he has ties to the Patriots and a lot of guys in the Patriots organization, but Gerard Mayo, like who has heard of Gerard Mayo coming into this season or coming out of the season?
1: I know. And it's interesting that you mentioned Brian Dayball there because, you know, the one thing that we we talk about the, the bills is their inability or their refusal to sort of run the football so if you do bring in a Brian Dable, what's going to what's that going to do for, for Saquon? I don't know. I mean,
2: <clears throat> he's coming off an injury and stuff. He hasn't been successful this year. Um, and then next year is when you have to decide really when you're, when you're not keeping him or giving him a second contract, etc. cetera. But I don't know if it's a refusal to run the balls by the Bills. It's just an inability to do so. Mm-hmm. What, I don't know what that reason is, but they are just the least successful team in the NFL for running the ball. I don't know what it is. They can throw the ball any way they like, and Josh Allen can obviously run the ball. But any time one of them running backs get the ball in their hands, they're just gonna get hit at the line. So maybe their run block is terrible. I don't know. But then again, coming to the Giants doesn't change that for quite a bit. Easy,
1: <laughs> as I was gonna say, I don't think the Bills line is as bad as the Giants line. So I don't know if that's a, uh, I don't know if that's gonna be a good thing or not when you're talking about if they can't uh, make blocks. But I, I I understand what you guys mean. Um. Yeah I, this um this actually one question there I want to ask you very quickly um before we move on as well is uh there like you mentioned Jake that the Giants are looking for a GM and a head coach it's the same with the Vikings it's the same with the Bears are you looking to get your GM in first and let your GM find your head coach um or is, what way are you lo- what way would you prefer the team to go about
2: yeah, ideally, I think you have to have your GM say yes or no on the head coach. Maybe the ownership could say these are guys we like, but the final decision has to come down to the to the GM because at the end of the day, they're going to be working every day with this head coach and they have to be on the same page. So i seen the Joe Judge or being forced with Gettleman and nobody likes Gettleman at that time. And then we got Joe Judge in the mix and then it, obviously mm-hmm. we've seen how that ended up. So apparently they had a really bad relationship as well. So that doesn't help things.
0: I think they tend, the GMs tend to last, survive a bit longer than the head coaches anyway. So if you're looking to, to put a plan in place for your team, I think it's more important to nail down that GM and be on as an ownership and and nail down that direction you want to go and then trust him to make the coaching hire that that gets them there. And uh, yeah, I don't know, Jago, I'm not sure if I like the New York Giants head coach and see, I'm not, like, obviously it's, it's very alluring that it's New York, it's the Giants, it's a huge franchise, but the quarterback doesn't look great, the line doesn't look great, the defense is okay, it can it can be improved pretty quickly, uh, but it's not the biggest problem on the team, and then also you have the fact that there's no immediately obvious prospects or available free agents to fill that quarterback role right now. I. I think it's going to be hard to sign one of those big names that gets like the enemy and all the the big four names that kind of get floated every time there's a head coaching vacancy. What the,
2: do you think you're going to struggle as well to find that head coach? No, I don't think so. I mean, the GM's going to come in for us, and he's that's an attractive position because obviously, as you said, they last a little bit longer than the head coaches. But he's coming into two first round picks next year, so that's if you use them too right maybe avoid a quarterback, let Daniel Jones play out his final year. And if he sucks as much as everybody thinks, then you have a higher pick next year. So if the GM finesses it right this year, then you're probably set up in 2023 for a lot better success. Um, and head coaches probably tend to get uh, two years, probably like uh, on the general, even if they're bad, unless you're Urban Meyer level bad. So if they pick the right coach, I haven't heard the enemy in discussion anywhere actually this season. Mm-hmm. Um, for a head coach, and um, as much as we did last year, so I don't know if he is actually looking for. yet he, ha- he certainly hasn't posted for the Giants' head coach job. Anyway, the front runner seems to be Dable at the minute. But I think his problem was... is his problem is always that the
0: that the uh, Chiefs, Chiefs are, are always go long. <laughs> they always go long into the postseason, and like everyone gets real nervous then because a lot of the free agents that are already out there start to get like snapped up by teams that want people in in the building now and you kind of get all the really nice spots are gone because you i think the, you kind of want the super bowl you don't really want that beautiful jacksonville jaguars head coaching <laughs> vacancy over another super bowl ring i don't think
2: i think what happens is that they have a week or two in between the end of regular season and the wild card or whatever and they are allowed to interview for this week but if the team is in the playoffs, they're not allowed to interview after that. So okay. you can have your guy in place, and then after, say, they win the Super Bowl, then you have him in place to come over. I think, didn't that happen with uh, Josh McDaniels, where he was mm. he was offensive coordinator. He was told he was going over to, I don't know what team it was now, but then... Was it the he, Colts? He was co- yeah, it was the Colts. He was coerced into staying on with the Patriots as well. So that can happen, but generally... You can have your interviews and stuff before the playoffs start, have your guy in place, and then after they finish
1: in the playoffs or Super Bowl, then you have your head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that Jaguars one. That's uh, that's interesting what, the, what they're doing. They went with the rookie sort of first-time NFL head coach. I know Urban Meyer is old and he's been in the college game for years. He's still technically a rookie though. Um, when it comes to it. And all the reports is that they're going to go the complete opposite way mm-hmm. And get someone who's experienced. Um, and I saw the names of Doug Peterson and wait for it, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm back from Alabama, we yeah. tend to forget
2: how Bill O'Brien was actually pretty decent as a head coach. He was just yeah. terrible because he was trying to be the GM, and we obviously seen trading away DeAndre Hopkins and all the best players and acquiring terrible players for uh, that. So. Good
1: head coach, terrible GM. <laughs> Apparently, but he geez, has come out and said he's not going to be the GM. This, this Yeah, does. the Texans, though, during that time, did have a Deshaun Watson. They did have a DeAndre Hopkins, like you mentioned. They ha- also had a JJ Watt as well. You know, they had some very good players. Like, the Jaguars, I don't have those style of players <laughs> there. You know, they have well, Trevor they Lawrence. Have yes, he, ha- a he had a decent. Sorry? They do have a boatload of picks. The Jaguars, no, they don't.
0: Well, they're about to have the first round, the very first pick in the draft for the second year running. So, that's, v- that yeah,
1: so they'll get a... They're going to get the defender, edge player. To yeah, they get out, an edge defender, you know. So, um, <clears throat> it's not a great rookie uh, rookie class for, like, having the first overall pick, I think. Well, I mean, having a, a JJ Watt, a fresh
2: JJ Watt at 20 is probably mm-hmm. ideal. If he is that, yeah. everybody's saying he's that good. So, yeah. that would change that defense of that team.
1: Well, yeah, we'll see when it comes to draft time. Obviously, we'll talk about it a little more, but let's uh let's move on. I'm sure we'll talk more about it once these um vacancies get filled, and we'll talk about more to see if they wear good fits or not. I'm sure by September, Jake, the Giants will have their head coach in place. I would hope by September they have a head coach in
2: place. I'm hoping that they have a head coach and GM in place before the Super Bowl. (laughs)
1: Oh, <laughs> well, we'll move on though. And we're going to, as Fionn mentioned earlier on, go to the accountability stage of this show. Uh, we are going to be looking back at our predictions for the NFC and the AFC and see where we went right and where we went wrong. And you know what, Fionn because uh, it was your idea for the show, we're going to start with yours on this. And yep. um, we're going to start with your NFC predictions. And I have yep. them up here. And wow. well well you say wow you say wow but look we'll
0: get on to everyone else's right now i want to i want to highlight two two things here the nfc north order correct that's not particularly hard but you know what pat on the back for that green bay packers record also correct (laughs) nfc west I got every single record correct, but all the teams completely wrong. So, so I give myself, myself <laughs> no, half, no, half no, points no. on that.
2: No, pal, uh, you don't get half points for getting the right <laughs> record for the wrong team.
0: <laughs> the, the Eagles surprised me. The Giants let me down. Uh, the Cowboys, I was always going to bash, and I'm very disappointed with how they performed this year in a bad way. Uh and then Atlanta, Atlanta were much better than I thought they were going to be, pretty much <laughs> exclusively because of Cordero Patterson. And then I really the uh, the Sam Darnold project did not work out well in <laughs> Carolina. And that that kind of I know we we have we've three people to go through, so I'll keep it just to maybe the highlights that stood out to me, and they were they were my four or five big points that I noticed when I looked back. Uh, obviously, it's really difficult to get the records exactly correct, but. The fact that I only got one order correct as well is
2: uh, not great. You can yeah. see the clear NFC East bias by you and by me when we get to my ones because obviously ten and seven and the Giants coming in second in the NFC East were eight and nine was a bit hopeful instead of the Cowboys coming first and Eagles coming second in that uh, division. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I
0: don't apologize for the order, right? I'm always going to put Washington up front. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. That is a running
1: trend, though, I Yeah, think, right? sure, <laughs> These whole predictions, especially in the NFC, that's a running trend where we've obviously influenced each other so much talking about our own teams that we had these grand ideas that we were going to, you know, win divisions and, you know, yeah. you know, have better records than they actually had. And, um, Fionn,
2: for all your talk of Russell Wilson falling off a cliff, you decided you would put him at first in the NFC West. Yeah, I don't know why I sh- why i decided to do that now
0: when i look back that was a that was a terrible decision and by the way it has absolutely been a cliff for russell wilson he <laughs> has not looked good i think Darrow will agree at all uh of course he has those trash yards but like so the, i hate that yards stats for quarterback i mean Derek Carr is up in the top five yardage like every season and they haven't won a playoff game for like 12 years or something but so the
2: Raiders are 10 and 7 this season so like yeah I mean I he mean, probably has a decent amount
0: of yards but the most the most important game that they're gonna play is coming up this weekend and I guarantee that they lose it so like yeah, I don't, the
2: Bengals have that curse though so this yeah, is but, where are but
0: whose curse is stronger and look they,
2: <laughs> the Derrick Carr have the have a Bo good, Jackson curse
0: the, the Bengals have a new quarterback who's <laughs> never played the. The Raiders have the same old quarterback they've had, who's tried to break this curse for the last like five, (laughs) six years straight. So it's a tough sell. That that. and look, uh, uh, caveat that I like to throw in all the time is Washington played with their backup quarterback like all season, literally seventeen games. So that's
1: (laughs) useless.
2: I can't even say that because like they still looked competitive. (laughs) Watching the football team, the Giants played with. Well, one, Mike Lennon, who obviously is terrible. And then we moved on to Georgia Bulldog legend, Jake Fromm, who was obviously terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's my self-analysis of my preseason
1: <laughs> predictions for the <laughs> NFC. Let's move on, actually. Uh, we'll take a look at... Actually, let's take a look at my NFC predictions and... Um, like that, they are not great. I'll be honest, with you. Kind of <laughs> yeah, it's always there. tough
0: to be first one out. Everyone's laughing at you, how wrong yeah. you are. But I know in the background that
2: everyone yeah. else is going to
1: be worse. I had, I had the placings of the NFC North correct. I no, I didn't actually because I thought that were the. <laughs> that <laughs> so that's wrong. That, that was like wrong. the easiest one as well. Yeah. I had I had 3 and 14 for, no, this is me clutching a straws here. I had 3 and 14 <laughs> for the Lions but they finished 3 13 and 1. So you know I got the win total correct. I'll
2: give you I'll give you that one right. You get a <laughs> half point for that one, Derek, but like <laughs> unlike Fion's Fionn's right right um win loss and wrong order doesn't make sense. No points for <laughs> Fionn. But half point for Derek.
1: Again, again, I was influenced by you guys, giving like your teams more a better record than I actually thought they would, uh, than they actually got. Uh, the same with the the Seahawks as well. Um, you know, and I thought <laughs> the, the Cardinals would be bias. terrible. I gave the Cardinals the Seahawks record. That's what I gave them. You know, um, but that with the I think, I think apart from that, the North and the South, I got the division winners right. Um, I kind of, I kind of. Pooped on the the Saints a little more than probably I should have. Who would have thought that having five different starting quarterbacks in the season would give you a decent record? You know, I didn't give that. That's one thing as well. I should say that we all, we all pooped on the Eagles so much for this year, and now they're in the playoffs. I they just got mean, like Jalen a couple Hurt's of lucky wins looked, at the end, didn't they?
0: Jalen yeah. Hurts looked so trash when he came in at the end of last season. Like, <laughs> I like, don't blame us for that. I'm sorry. They they did
2: well. I have to well, give I mean, them that. Technically, they're in the playoffs, but how long are they lasting as all? Well, this is it. It's the classic. It's the Raiders scenario. Do you know what I mean? Or the football team from last season. when they the football have, team from last season. Yeah, yeah, when they had the one and done. Actually, yeah, was that a competitive might... playoff game? I don't remember. That
1: was, yeah. It was a competitive against the Bookslash. Yeah, yeah. Was, remember yeah. Heineke yeah.
0: Had tried to win it right at the end with the big uh he had the big dive and touchdown. We just couldn't get the ball back one more time to try and score. But yeah.
1: That was... Actually, I
2: remember that. that was good.
1: Yeah. But let's uh let's see if I can find Jake's ones here as well. Let's see well, we don't how, need uh... to. Yeah. Like also, Jake is. Oh, my doing... God, I'm
2: right. Jake
0: is talking big time, but <laughs> Darum, I mean, you know Nala, he hasn't even got AFC predictions. So, <laughs> well, I won yeah. the
1: AFC. Predictions. He was so wrong, he got zero.
2: So, I definitely <laughs> got Apart, all, apart all from us, Fionn,
1: where we got like minus a thousand on our AFC predictions, <laughs> know, to be honest. But, Jake, here's your one. Now, you, oh you, God. you were really down on, on Green Bay, especially <laughs> because you gave Green Bay six losses this year. Yeah, but to be fair, they ended up 13 and four. Like, it's two <laughs> losses more. I would say that's a pretty good guess. They wouldn't no, well. have that good no, well. To be fair, you got the, the the South pretty much spot on. Actually, you had a good South, yeah. I yeah, have, you got the South pretty much spot I on. Had, so, the Bucks got 13
2: and four at the end. I got 14 and three. I had the Saints right, and I had the Panthers right. And I was yeah. one off on the other two. So, I mean, I'll take that as uh, an immediate <laughs> win. The one the one that stands out for me the most through all of us is why we <laughs> thought the Rams would be so
0: bad this season. Like I know had, so good. Like <laughs> I guess we just didn't trust Goff, which are Stafford coming off the off the Lions, which I mean he wasn't always very good, but they obviously had enough in the tank. I mean Cooper Cup just ruined every defense that he went against. So yeah. I guess that's It's helps.
2: because it's because
1: you listen to me and you shouldn't listen.
2: Yeah, to me. yeah. I mean, <laughs> even like we can see that obviously there's an NFC East bias for me and you, Fion, But me, and, me and Fion, I think gave the same like the NFC West biased as well. We both put the Seahawks yeah. at the top. So did Darren. Now that I'm looking at it, so, so all
0: three of us had the same order for the NFC West. All no, we no, we didn't.
2: No, did. I
1: had the Cardinals finished last.
2: Ah. Yeah, but yeah. we were really low on the NFC West as a whole we actually got that completely wrong <clears throat> yeah,
1: yeah I, don't I, don't think, I don't think we accounted for like a Russell Wilson injury in the middle of the year the
2: NFC, East, <clears throat> the NFC East gets me though because I mean I don't know how we thought the Cowboys weren't going to be good I don't know if that was pure bias or not but obviously that was it. definitely <laughs> biased that <laughs> that bias. Prescott is
0: not a good quarterback that's what happened there and we all just bought him and look he wasn't <laughs> <laughs> well, they got like 14 interceptions or something by your man Days, and that's how you win games. So that helped the, a lot.
2: The yeah. uh, Eagles, we obviously thought were terrible, but they had a couple of wins at the end, I think, that probably got them into the playoffs. Yeah, so yeah. They well, they... the... I'm just looking now, right? So they lost to the Giants at the end of November. Then they won the Jets, won the football team, won the Giants again, won the football team. And then they lost to the Cowboys, so like that's probably putting you in the playoffs. I think if they don't win half of them games, they're yeah. not getting the
1: playoffs. The
0: two, the two hammerins of Washington basically got them into the playoffs because, like, I
1: think so, yeah. And the nine and
0: eight. eight, like even even New Orleans at nine and eight didn't make the playoffs. So even one loss there against the against, but Washington if they, if, if, if they lost
2: to the, the Giants and the Washington Football Team, both your records would have been the same. So you probably yeah would have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he
0: didn't. I think. And, yeah, I think Daryl. I think we. We kind of. I hate to admit this, but I think we have to give the win to Jake here. He got two divisions yeah, orders correct. Yeah, and everything else was miles off, same as us. But <laughs> well, he was only.
1: He was only one off on the Bears. To be fair, he got even though he got the standings correct in the North, he was only one win, one loss off on the Bears. Ah oh, no! Uh, look, we're not doing. We're not doing closeness.
2: Because I think I think we have
1: to just go by
0: or- we got these so long. we give have it. To just go by who got the order most yeah. correct and I've I think uh, I've already orders. given
2: I've already given enough stick for not being close so I can't my own.
1: we might
0: as well give it to him Dar, because he he can't win the AFC so he's not yeah. going to be I've already
1: the won the AFC winner, by not anyway. having something <laughs> he was smart enough not to have anything for the yeah. AFC that's what it was I am mean, um, gonna, I'm let's, gonna let's have a, let, let's have a look at the AFC here and. Um, Fionn, you were first on the last one, so I won't I won't let your one go first on this Fair one. I'll go first on this one. So here is here was mine. And I really, really did not think the Bengals were gonna do anything this year. That's a, that's the standout right there, mm-hmm. for sure. Um the the Steelers I got right barring their draw, you know. The Browns and the and the Ravens I thought were gonna do a lot better than they did.
0: Yeah.
1: Um same with the Colts and you know. Um, I, I was a little too high on the Jaguars and a little too low on the Texans, and you know, I really did not think the Raiders would do anything this year. And now, look at them well, was it 10 and 7 they got into the playoffs with, wasn't it? And you know, AFC East was pretty much correct. Um, it's kind of the easy one, though, isn't it? That was kind of the easy one. It was only really between New England and, and Miami mm-hmm. if they were going to switch. That was yeah the start of the season. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, not not a great AFC.
0: <laughs> no, I agree with you. I have nothing
2: else to add. I agree with yeah. you. Not a great. <laughs> yeah, I <AFC>. don't know. <laughs> you got the Bills. You got the Pats. You got the Dolphins. You got the FC East right yeah. yeah. order. Why not? Yeah, uh, not. right any of the results right? Completely AFC. wrong NFC. <laughs> completely wrong
0: or completely wrong <laughs> North. Completely wrong South. And yeah, you got the winner of the West correct.
1: I got the winner of the re- West, correct? Yeah. So, you didn't, that's, yeah, you got <laughs> But that's not great. That was probably the <laughs> easiest division to pick as
2: well. You were really low on the Bengals for some reason. and I was wow,
0: really Come on. Low we had no way of you knowing they would get 10 wins. I Why came, not, well, yeah. I well
1: but if you, more back if if <laughs> like at the start of the year. You, we were coming into this with, well, I was sort of, I was. I was pissed off at the Bengals because they went for Jamar Chase in the draft and mm-hmm. they didn't go and get a, a <laughs> tackle. So he used the revenge also world. So that also, who was just coming off his knee injury. And then Zach Taylor, who's like a coach who was on the hot seat as well. I was thinking, this is not a recipe that is going to go to the playoffs, <laughs> let alone win the AFC
2: North. Also, so you decided to let your uh, emotions pick your winner.
0: Worth, worth yeah. remembering as well, guys. We did this after the preseason, before the start of the season when Jamar Chase pulled one of the biggest sandbaggings we've ever seen in NFL. He he dropped every single pass in the preseason. Everyone was looking at him going, oh my God, what have they signed? Like, this is terrible. No connection with Burrow. No understanding of the offense. And then he goes and like sets some sort of rookie record for yards or receptions or one of the the stats. Or both, maybe. I
2: don't know. Or both. I can't remember. (laughs) He goes for like like 700 yards against the Chiefs.
0: as as NFL pundits, this is things we should really know. But there you yeah. go. Dara holds it all the, he usually knows all the stats of me and Jake just talk shit. Show Wing it. And, yeah. That's, what, yeah. That's, the,
2: that's the deal. It's the talking yeah. sh- Hey, it's <laughs>
0: better than half the Fox shows where they just have three people that don't know anything and just talk <laughs> shit
2: Maybe we <laughs> should
1: do that because they're getting the big books. They are getting the big yes, books. That's fair enough, but, actually, yeah. Right. Uh, we are a little pressed for time. So, Fionn, will go through your one yep. very quickly here. There we go. There is your AFC predictions.
2: Again, the same of the AFC North. North completely all wrong.
1: Have, all south, have high hopes. South,
0: south half right. I think I should get at least nope. some credit <laughs> for how many wins I gave the Texans. I was only one off and no one could have seen that come. Our, own, our, our own Texans correspondent, Graham, over in Scotland, was looking at me like he was going... How are you giving, so them, Fjorn, four? How are you giving Fjorn, them five wins? They only had four. You want a point
2: think. for getting it wrong. <laughs> I, do. I do. I want a point. Yeah. Well,
0: given that, how are we going to split with Dara? Because I got the West, winner correct, rest completely wrong, East yeah. correct. So it has to be me, given that I got half the South and he got none of the South.
1: Yeah, what but to Oregon be fair, East, look how right? much you shit on the Chargers. That's, yeah,
0: true. But they didn't
1: win the division. <laughs> they,
0: they still, and they didn't even make the playoffs. So... In my defense, he gave
1: them like a terrible record of five yeah, I and twelve. I don't remember why I did that. I have no idea why I did
0: that. Did Eckler get injured in the preseason or something? Maybe that's what I was thinking. No. Like, did you like not believe in in Justin Herbert or something? No, you see, that's what I don't understand. Now, now I like Justin Herbert a lot. I like, I like how he plays. I like, I like his attitude. So, yeah, don't, it doesn't make sense. But I, I'm gonna give myself the win for the AFC. So. It was a win for Jake in the NFC and a win for me in the AFC. Based only on the fact that I put the Texans and the Jaguars um, in the correct order. You can't get
2: points for getting the wrong order. Someone
0: has to win. Someone I don't know, but you
2: can't just declare yourself a winner for getting it wrong. <laughs> okay, are you, oh, you, you think? We're,
1: we're all losers in this. <laughs>
2: Except <We're laughs> <losers. laughs> for me, losers. you won. Yeah, You're we're all, all losers in this. <laughs> okay, hang Let me just look. Let me take a look here on my phone of the two at the same okay so Dara you got you got the ravens wrong I got the ravens
1: <laughs> got Bob the, got the
0: NFC completely wrong AFC, not a single yeah.
1: one in the correct order got the NFC yeah. North wrong for sure well if you I, give if you give like you know half Fion. points for like draws I got the Steelers <laughs> record right I, I said there would be nine and eight they were nine seven and one
2: yeah, but Fion guessed them as eight and nine so yeah, no, that indifferent, though. You get the half point on the win, he gets the half
1: point on the loss. It's no. impossible to do it. No, it doesn't.
0: What? How yeah, is that if right? that draw was a loss, then they would be eight and nine.
1: No, they'd be nine and eight. Okay, if they were nine, the seven, and one. So, Barry if Harry got the, the loss, point. it would have been nine and
2: eight. And you spoke to the, the Chiefs, right? Okay, but so yeah.
0: I was nearly bang on on Houston and
2: Jacksonville. Too terrible. <laughs> nearly <games>. doesn't count.
0: <laughs> that was. Wait, you just gave Darrell point for nearly being right on the Steelers. <laughs> that's a half point for getting a half win. What my two half points for the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville, Jacksonville?
1: But that's for that's for a tie. You can never predict that there's going to be a tie in a in a regular season game. Well, you could never
0: predict there'd be more than one win for the Houston Texans, but can I did, I- <laughs> and I pick a
1: tie here. <laughs>
2: Okay,
0: we'll do a we'll we'll do a know okay. You know, okay, you know, <laughs> you are
1: putting up the better argument I'll give like, you the win on this one. I don't like it's not just it's do, not much. You just of a have to want it you... more, Darren. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, what you they can have to win block. on this one. squeaky wheel it.
2: gets the oil, as they say. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm a squeaky wheel, all right. I don't know anyone
1: who disagrees.
2: Oh, we out. fucking know Oh, good.
1: But uh, yeah, so they are our hang on, we have to do mine. Oh, yeah, I so got everything so right. We, we do look into it. No, we, have to, uh, we just uh, have okay. to assume I got everything right. Right. So so Jake gets a win in the NFC and the AFC. Yeah. I think it's the only fair win. thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> On track That's record a... alone. Alone. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure Fionn doesn't mind that as long as he wins a prediction contest at the end mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah. It's tight. I'll take that. It's
2: tight.
1: It's really. Yeah. Yeah, the real worst cheating.
2: part is I, I dropped G- it in the playoffs last season
1: as
0: well. So I'm a bit nervous. Yeah, but you should be yeah, automatically Jay, you've done that you did that like four times
2: at the start. And minus six you were like six-point favorites, <laughs> and you were picking them as an underdog. That doesn't count.
0: Worst record. You were doing that so much at the start of the season when teams no, had like, weird records. You were like, worst record, worst record. No, 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 yeah. Maybe I
2: was, I don't remember, but still, it <laughs> doesn't matter now because we were tied up and you're picking six I re- I remember, favorites. I remember,
0: I remember because my brother actually follows the show and he kept texting me, like how was Jake allowed to do that? Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> to be honest, at the start of the season, I forgot we had done it for a prize at the end of it, and yeah, then so when I, I then I remembered, I was like, I better start kicking into gear here because <laughs> I think my start off four weeks in a row with terrible records. I love,
0: I love that we wrote Al in as well to to help pay for this prize at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. <can> <laughs> three people on too. <laughs> Has anyone told him yet?
1: <laughs> no, I think you just broke the news from right there.
0: Now. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, uh, you don't get to play but you do
2: get to pay you have a really terrible agent
1: <laughs> this is you're just giving everyone now a, uh, a brief glimpse into the pages group chat now <laughs> what has been going on oh, when, it comes to, when it comes to Sunday predictions but um we're going, This is actually, I think it's a, it's a great place to, to wrap up the show. Um, of course, uh, later tonight, we have uh, two of the uh, wildcard weekend games. We have the uh, Chargers, uh, not the Chargers, sorry, they didn't make it. The Raiders traveling <laughs> to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. And then, of course, later tonight, we have the Buffalo Bills taking on the New England Patriots in an AFC East divisional matchup for the playoffs. If you want, just go and uh, go through our YouTube page. Uh, just search "Under Center Podcast" on YouTube. You'll find our preview show for the Wildcard Weekend games, where we talk to NFL writer Sam Farley and, of course, friend of the show Phil Perry from NBC Sport in Boston. We'll put it up on the socials before the games start as well. If you want to check out, see what we were thinking ahead of that. Fion. we didn't get a chance to speak about it with yourself, but. Uh, for tonight's games, we'll, we'll keep it brief. Just for tonight's games, um, who are you lo- uh, looking at now for these, uh, for these two games?
0: I'm a Derek Carr hater, so I'm going to go <laughs> with the Bengals and the young gun to break the, to break the duck for the Bengals. Someone has to, uh, so I'm going to take the Bengals. And then uh, I'm going to take the Bills, but I'm going to take the Bills in a squeaky game. I think the Patriots are going to make it difficult. I just think at the end of the day, Josh Allen's experience in the playoff is going to help him out over Mac Jones. Uh, but I expect it to be a pretty close game there.
1: Well, he'll have the power of Viagra behind him, supposedly. If it all reports <laughs> are <laughs> let to be let be believed, um, to help him get through this, because it's going to be a cold one there in uh, in Buffalo tonight. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there with that. Uh, Jake Fiona, as always, thank you so much for hopping on and um, being accountable. Today, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It
0: might it might make us concentrate a bit harder next season when we do it again. You <laughs>
2: we'll have to remind me at the start next season we're doing it for a prize, <laughs> not to be acting the bollocks <laughs> with it.
1: But that is where we're going to wrap up this show. And uh, make sure you are following us on our social platforms: Twitter at Undercenter Pod, Instagram the exact same at under center pod uh, if you want to follow us on facebook you can facebook.com forward slash under center pod uh, our youtube like i mentioned there a couple of minutes ago just search under center podcast that's where we put up all of our shows you can watch them there watch back in there some of our um previous shows like i said our our preview show with, with phil and sam uh, you can also get the audio version of the shows wherever you get your podcast under center podcast just search for there you'll find us there Subscribe, download, listen. Um, you, of course, you'll be getting this show as well, as well as uh, a preview show from Thursday night too. But uh, we hope you enjoy the weekend of playoff action. Um, you won't be having to uh, go to Red Zone and go into picking every game and seeing what's happening in every game. You can focus on the one game if you prefer now. Um, if you do prefer Red Zone, unfortunately, you have to wait till next year um, until that comes back. But... Listen, enjoy the games, stay safe, and we'll see you soon.